Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> so there it was, in the Wombat Den for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast. We got a good one for you today. Philly V, what's up? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm enjoying our new Wombat Den. I hope this is more permanent. <laughs> yeah. No, being in the basement feels a lot better than the garage. And also in the basement today, we have three interviews, and we also have an in-studio guest. A very special in-studio guest. We have Gimli, Brendan McConville. Hi, folks. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Thank you, boys. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for recording uh, SelectSide for us the other day. That was fun. Oh, it was an honor. It was an honor. I had some experience in uh, filming back in the day. So, What did you film? What? Oh, I filmed uh, varsity basketball back in high school. Yeah, yeah. Grant Stephan's highlight tape, if you know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they know who Grant Stephan is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've brought it up a couple of times here. But uh, no, I'm happy to be happy to be here with you guys. Be aboard, you know. Uh, kind of diversify the group a little bit. Add a, a stocky bearded guy, front row <laughs> player. That's you can never have enough front rows, you know. You have a full front row now. Actually, if we want to be a real team, we need at least six eligible front row subs. <laughs> Dude, that's actually accurate. So. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're a big guy in Des Moines, come talk to us. <laughs> Can my couch hold all of us in the basement? <laughs> but you also have to have a beard as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to, you know, do a wrestling cut right now, cut some weight. I want to do a mustache. Only got to cut weight just so I don't have... Well, yeah, the gobbler. Got to get rid of it. Gobble, gobble, triple chin. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, triple. Well. Well, okay. <laughs> you know what? All right. I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to try it. <laughs> Uh, and Phil is not stri- putting the microphone in front of your mouth at all. That's well, okay. not right I'll now. I'll be loud. <laughs> well, don't wake the kids up. Oh, uh, yeah. Kids all right. Sleeping. <laughs> so anyways, we're, we're going to you know mix it up with the dynamic. We got some cool interviews coming up. Uh, let's just get into one right away. We talked about Wayne State in the last episode. Huge opportunity to be a paid full-time coach of their men's and women's programs. Uh, but, you know... We don't know much about the town. We don't know much about the community other than we used to go to the Wayne State Battle, the Nebraska Prairie Plain, whatever tournament, and we'd get pretty wild, and um, then we'd leave town. So we have a former teammate. And a very close friend. Yeah, what, you in a group chat with him? Yeah, we're in a group chat together. And when you say we, you mean you and him, not me. Yeah, yeah, you're not in it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you remind me all the time. It's a very special group chat, okay? Okay, cool, we'll invite your very special (laughs) guest. (laughs) All right, yeah, well, well, let's get Josh Shorty on, let's get him on. This interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tighthead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. 
Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for Tight Head Brewing Company beer. They distribute through Dahl Distributing. You can drink it in Iowa. It is found in Iowa. And oh yeah, the name Tighthead. Bruce played rugby for 13 years, mostly as a Tighthead prop. Bruce is the owner, founder, and master brewer. Enjoy Tighthead Brewing Company. All right, and we are now to our first interview of the show, brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. And we have with us today John Schwarty. He is the Campus Recreation Coordinator at Wayne State University. On our last episode, we brought up that Wayne State is looking to hire a full-time men's and women's coach. And we wanted to get John on to talk about the campus, the school, uh, the students, the town, the community, all the things that go into it, because he knows a lot better than we do, and we want to give a you know a good picture of what that looks like because getting paid 39 to 49 thousand dollars to coach rugby is very unique there's hardly, a dream come true for a lot of people yeah <laughs> hardly any places in the country are offering any money so this is a huge opportunity in the middle of america really cool things are happening there so john thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me on ryan and i do want to make a correction to his first statement or wayne state college in nebraska at Wayne State University in Detroit. There's one I've Detroit? about three or four <laughs> committees this this summer already for new hires, and we had a guy that thought he was applying for Wayne State University. Oh. And at the end of the interview, he was asking us questions about, hey, where do I need to live? And <laughs> we're like, what are you talking about? Wayne's 5,000 people. You can live wherever you want. <laughs> well, he was thinking he was moving to Detroit. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so, and, and you're not the first person that's made that mistake. We've already had a, an applicant say the same thing, so I had to correct him too. But anyways, yeah, the uh, the position, it's, it's our first time. We're hiring a full-time employee for this, head men's and women's coach. So what we're really looking at is someone that's obviously going to lead both of our teams, but... Um, we're solely focusing on 15 rugby. Now, we're not saying they're not playing sevens, but so the fall is going to be their busy season where we're focusing all of our attention. But really, this position is going to be, you know, overseeing all the practices, all the competitions. They're going to do all the director of operations stuff, scheduling hotels, buses, you know, all of that fun stuff. Um, but really, we're just looking to elevate our program. Um, Wayne State's been nationally recognized for a number of years now and we're really just kind of looking to continue that and push forward um last year our men were runner-ups in small college and they were runner-ups the year before as well and then our, our women moved up the division they're division two now they got fourth this past year but you know they they have the history of wayne state they've won 13 national titles so mm -hmm. we're always going to be one of those programs that are um, I guess feared in the Midwest and I'm actually kind of talking to coaches trying to figure out scheduling for this upcoming year and a lot of them don't want to play us so wow. <laughs> um, we're kind of in a wild west mm -hmm. if you will for our women's programs where there's not as many as the men so we have to travel a little bit farther for some competition but Definitely. Yeah, so that's that's really the position. It's going to be solely rugby focused. There's not going to be other duties where you have to do, you know, 
whatever else responsibilities the college gives you. This is solely focused on rugby. And then with a few exceptions of department-wide fundraising events or department-wide, you know, whatever it is, activities, um, it's pretty exclusive, which is also rare to find um, in a rugby coaching position. Definitely. And so this person is in charge of both the men's and women's teams. They also, you know, those seasons run simultaneously in the mm. fall. How, how is that going to look when, you know, the men are playing in Wayne at 1 p.m. and maybe the women are going out of state? Uh, what What is that going to look like? How is that going to work? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, we are, we do have some people in town that would likely still help us out. That's what we have done in the past. Um, where we just ha- we hired another like kind of volunteer coach, mm. and they would take the team elsewhere if they were split. But a lot of the times, you try to schedule games in the same area mm. or on the same weekends. You know, if they travel to uh, you and I, then we'll just play a double header. So then we're just taking, you know, one bus instead of trying to mm-hmm. navigate. You know, two teams going elsewhere. But I understand that's you know. It's not always the case, and we have to kind of figure it out. So, um, you know, if it's local enough, like Vermilion, which is, you know, 45 minutes, or Omaha, mm. which is hour 45, um, we'll just, you know, have a team go carpool, and that's going to be up to the coach's discretion on who he's going to travel with that week. Mm. So, nice. And I'm assuming it's probably going to be up to the coach's discretion, too, on, like, how practices are ran, because, you know, typically practice would be, like, after, you know, four o'clock for most programs it seems and like if like the men's and women's team are going to be practicing together if it's going to be like he's going to have some like whoever the coach is going to be is going to have some assistant coaches to help run things i'm just kind of curious on how that would look too yeah i mean that's you kind of said it yourself it's going to be a coach's discretion um in years past i know they've always done joint practices and now mm. they're not always running you know practice together but they're showing up at the same time mm. okay so the backs may split and the backs kind of run their own things but the men have their line going the women have their line going kind of the same thing gotcha um, so and how about uh, recruiting i know like looking at the roster because we know a couple of kids from des moines like uh, javier luong and joe dow oh. who played for wayne state and then a previous player of mine uh portia she played for wayne state a few years back um, there's a lot of kids that are being pulled not only from out of state but out of country. I mean, is there a good recruiting budget or good incentives for um, students to come and be a student athlete there? Like, is that because that kind of seems like an advantage to your program over, let's say, an Iowa State and Iowa or you and I, where you know, is there things that Wayne State can offer that other universities can't? Well, as far as our international students go. Um we're just really affordable with high-level rugby is mm. really what it comes down to. Um, our tuition rate is, like, with room and board, $17,000 a year. Mm. You know, that's that's pretty good. That's, that's tough to beat. So if you're looking for a high-level program and you're looking for a college in the United States and you're looking for affordability at the same time, they're just knocking at our door, like – it's it's been crazy it's only been since 21 i think 2021 mm. where all these south africans have come and yeah it's we ask them why they come and they say well you guys have good rugby and you're the most affordable nice. um, so that's seven nation so that's seventeen thousand. is that including like out of state because i know like out of state and in state like you know for residents or whatever it's you know the price is usually pretty different 
Well, like, at least right. it is in Iowa. So I was curious if that was like for out of state even. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we actually offer the same rate for both in-state and out-of-state. Okay. I think technically you have to have a, a different wage, so we it's a buck more, something like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's really no, really no barriers coming to Wayne State, hmm. and I think that's why you know a lot of those international students are coming here. Nice. And so my next question, you know, speaking to any potential coach, um, you know, why Wayne? Why, if they're looking at multiple coaching positions, if they're trying to move up the ranks, or maybe they're a high school coach and they want to take it to the next level, why should they apply to Wayne State? Um, what what makes it stand out compared to other programs in the Midwest and nationally? I would say from our president's support, our college president, she has been a big backer of the program. She has been the one that's kind of pushing this forward. I know times are tough economically, and um, she's like, no, we got to figure a way to get a full-time position. So while they're all discussing budgets internally, she's like, well, you know what, we're, we're just going to do it. We're going to find the funds, and we're going we're gonna to hire someone full-time. And then we have, a, we have a plan mapped out to continue to grow the program, to add more support, add more you know, paid coaches onto staff. Um, but obviously we have a, a pretty strong tradition in Wayne and we're going to, we're going to continue that. And, um, you get to work with me as you guys know. <laughs> so oh, sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of like a strong history though. So over the past, you know, few years, you guys have been a varsity program and obviously a lot of successes, um, you know, when we used to play at UNI, you know, and Mr. Gray coached us, I believe Wayne State might have been like D2 or something. They were like a club team. Do you have like a rough idea when they switched over to varsity exactly? Well, they're not. I mean, varsity is kind of a flexible word. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, when, when I played with you boys, we did consider Wayne varsity. Um, but I would say five years ago they got elevated from just a traditional club sport where there mm. wasn't a lot of state funding or zero rather. Five years ago, six, five or six years ago, they, they got some you know state support, which is mm. kind of like your varsity programs, if you will. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get into the weeds with that because we don't offer scholarships. Mm. We don't offer athletic training or strength conditioning like all of those amenities that varsity programs get, um, they just get their financial support from the state instead of student allocations. Mm, okay. And, you know, with a full-time coach, though, I mean, that's where I'm guessing you're probably looking at that coach to bring in some strength and conditioning um, background that they can add in and some nutrition and, and kind of like the full, I mean, if they have the time, it's a full position, full-time position, um, is that something you're looking for too? Like not just X's and, X's and O's of rugby, but also like the whole athlete. I think that's icing on the top. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not necessarily looking for that. Obviously, that would be good. Mm -hmm. But um, that's just something that we're going to kind of have to work through. Our our strength conditioning program here doesn't have um, enough staffing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so we're definitely not trying to add to their their plate, but um, yeah, it, it'd be good if they had it. But it's it's certainly not something I'm 
like making or breaking with gotcha. any kind of candidate. Gotcha. And Phil kind of touched on it. So your history with rugby, you played at the University of Northern Iowa. Do you ever hop in at a practice and help out or do you ever <laughs> go down and like what what does that look like for you as a former rugby player? Oh man, it's it's hard it's hard not to, but I, I, I don't, unfortunately. I I've hung up the boots. Except for all um, on my weekend. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I always go down and, you know, chat with them, talk X's and O's, and you know, it brings me back, but obviously not, not to the field. So <laughs> I wish I did, but, yeah, that's all right. Nah, that's okay. No, I was, I was also thinking, too, so obviously when we were in college, too, like Wayne State used to have that uh, – huge social tournament in the spring that like that was like the social tournament the to go to battle of the nebraska plain is that what they call it? Always, we always just call the wayne state tournament right? yeah it was the yeah. battle of the it was the battle of the great plains or something like mm-hmm. that and there was over 90 teams that came one year yeah yeah it was nuts um do they i mean like since like you know obviously elevating the program so do they still have like a style tournament like that i guess or do they kind of steer away from that and do something else now do you know or um we haven't held it for gosh i don't even know if i was here the last time they held it in lane hmm. to be honest uh maybe my first year 2018 but then 2019 was the covid year and then obviously it derailed after that and then i think it, it wasn't the nebraska prairie tournament but it was some sort of tournament that was in sioux city i think that kind of served as it but it wasn't mm-hmm. wayne state sponsored okay gotcha but yeah that's some of my fondest memories are from or at least for college rugby was at that wayne state <laughs> tournament so <laughs> we we had some good times there so yeah if you could bring that back you'd make phil's day yeah i mean i probably wouldn't be able to go i might be too old for that but <laughs> you are phil <laughs> you know what you I well, John, thank you for coming on and, and filling us in on the Wayne State position. And, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on it and hopefully can try to push some some coaches that way to, to take a chance and try to up their level of coaching. And, you know, seems like we got some great things going on. So, yeah. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate you. Have a good one, man. You too. Thanks. And now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com. And that was John Schwarty. Uh, it was pretty cool actually getting him on here and 
They'll get a chance to chit chat with him a little bit. Miss that guy. Wish he still played rugby. Yeah, I mean, if there's any teams in the western side of the state that the Wombats would travel, I'd be like, hey, you want to play in, in those matches? But Yeah, we already have Toby and yeah. a bunch of other you and I alum. <laughs> yeah, might as well just hop on the bandwagon, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, Gimli, you're you're booting up this fall, right? Uh, to be determined, but yeah, I think so. I think so. You're going to be at practice Wednesday, right? Uh, Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. I think so. I think so. That's right. I'm trying to put you on the. I'm trying yeah. to put you on the spot right now. I appreciate now. that. Yeah. Put you on the spot. That didn't sound very confident. I'm gonna need a little more confidence in saying you're gonna be coming. I'm, I'm thinking I'm more of a second half of the season type of guy. Just come in, you know, more of a second half player too. You know, come in, just give you that boost of energy. No, you have to. After you're couple. rich. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It's gonna be great. No, though that was good to hear though about Wayne State and you know, I've been giving Phil a hard time about trying to become a coach. And, you know, would you ever coach at the collegiate level? Phil? I don't know if I'd be qualified to coach at the collegiate level. So I mean I think that'd be a really cool opportunity, but for me personally, I feel like I wouldn't be qualified. Actually, I'm, on the website it says, because I looked at it, and like you need to have experience coaching at the collegiate level and have a few years under your belt and some things like that. So, And that would make sense. I mean, you know, if you're a higher level, you know, team, you would want to you know, yeah. bring in a coach that has, you know, at least some, or at least, you know, a couple of years experience and a good track record. Well, and you know, a lot of club programs are like, we are looking for a coach with experience. Like Illinois. University of Illinois, when their coach left this last year, they put out, you know, like, oh, $2,500 stipend or whatever it was. They had huge requirements. And they were only given $2,500. Yeah. You could, like, you still had to have a full-time job. You were not able to dedicate all that time. And even they were like, no, you need to be able to do this, this, this. You need this experience. You need this. Um, yeah, so that was like crazy because it's like it's only for like twenty five hundred bucks. So for a full time position, you can make up to forty nine thousand. Yeah, I would expect you know a lot of requirements. Yeah, I mean if you're making that much, then yeah, yeah. there'd be a lot of requirements. That, but you'd also expect high performance out of said coach too. Right, and so moving into high performance, we kind of touched on it earlier. We were at Tiger Field in West Moines, Iowa. Uh, Valley High School, we saw the Iowa Slicks. They hosted the Alliance Rugby Team out of Kansas City. So high school boys, U18, uh, a select side all-star exhibition match. 35-minute halves, really cool to see like the top talent in the state of Iowa playing against some of the top talent out of Kansas City. A lot of guys from St. Louis. Uh, Really cool to see 15s being played by our boys. We talked about it before. When the Iowa Selects played against the Badger Selects, the Badger Selects took it to them. They, they yeah. put a beat down on them, but again, those guys have been playing since middle school. Our boys, that was their first 15s match ever. Mm. They're learning on the fly, limited practices, because you got guys from all across the state. Uh, it's, they just got out of a seven season. So to see this match in person, you know, first things first, Iowa loses. 31 to 29. But that match was fascinating to watch because Iowa started off really doing a great job maintaining possession. Mm-hmm. 
Once they turned that ball over, it looked like their defensive line was a little shaky because of just awareness, IQ, the amount of reps they've had. Um, they were catching a lot of tackles high and on their heels. Yeah. And and that Alliance team just knew how to run downhill. But Iowa was stopping them. Iowa was making good stops, and then when they were on offense, our athletes got the ball inside the five-meter line three All or four time, times yeah. in the first half. But then they would make one little mistake, and then 80, 90 meters later, Alliance would capitalize and score. Mm. And so they were down, I think... Was it ten or fourteen? They at were half? down by like I thought they were down by like they were down by like nineteen at half, wasn't it? It was like twenty or wait, no, it was fourteen. It was like twenty four ten. Twenty four ten. Twenty four ten. Yeah. And so I mean, it was one of those things where you could have counted, and they scored right before halftime too. I mean, yeah. it was twenty four five until they scored, um, as time expired to go in half, and you just kind of felt like you know the opportunities were there. But they just, they made a mistake. Alliance capitalized. Then in the second half, they came out super motivated. They played the entire 35 minutes hard. They came marching back. And you saw the confidence on defense grow. Their defensive line speed got better throughout the match. They were closing gaps much quicker. Their support was getting better. They were banged up, but they were fighting through it. And, you know, they, they played for each other. And it was really cool to see. So even though they didn't get the win... The improvement they made in 70 minutes kind of blew my mind. Yeah. No, I agree. And, like, the whole deal, too, with them in the beginning where, you know, they'd get within, like, 5, 10 meters and they, you know, have a stupid little mistake. Or, I guess it's not really stupid. Like, mistakes You happen. call these kids stupid? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, it, it, Whoa! It, ha- it happens. It's, you know, just mistakes happen. And, like, when you're that close, you get try-eyes and then just a little something happens. Like, in men's league, we do it all the time. You know, that's just one of those moments where you just need to try to slow it down a little bit and take your time trying to punch it in. I I would agree with you exactly, Phil. I think you could tell the biggest difference between 15s and 7s for a lot of those guys was that, you know, the pace of play is a little bit different, even though mm. even though it is still just as fast at some points. When you get down to that, that try line, it should be a little more controlled. It's a little more slow ball, a little more keeping possession and, you know, taking that inch by inch to set something up and... I think they got a little, you know, they got a little greedy or, like I said, try eyes sometimes and just went a little too quick. A couple times they went without support, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is new, which is just a new thing for them. But mm-hmm. I was I was really surprised, like you said, the second half, just in how good a shape they were and how good a condition it seemed like. Because that you know, 70 minutes is a, is a long time, especially when you're used to playing 14. Right. Know? And, yeah, I'm thinking of in the first half, I'm pretty sure – uh, number 25, I'm blanking on his name, he had a pick and go. And we even said, like, oh, they should do a quick tap from the five. Oh, he yeah. yeah. And, like, oh, he should, he should take it in. I think there was an IQ thing we were missing. Getting held up in open play mm-hmm. and in the try zone of just, like, hey, if you go into contact, you want to make sure you go to ground. Because we lost possession so many times because – they held our runners up. It's just not something you see in sevens because you don't have eight packies who are over 200, yeah. 240 who can hold up your guys who weigh 170. And you're not te- really running into like that much contact when it comes to sevens, too, because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's only seven on seven. There's a lot more open field to be moving around stuff. And the whole idea, too, is like, you know, you're not trying to go into contact with the ball. You're trying to dish it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Or 15s, it's obviously a little bit different. But 
I think overall, though, they did a fantastic job of adjusting to the style of play. For playing sevens for, you know, all four years of your high school career, like some of these kids, like, just started playing rugby this year. Yeah, you know? I know. And learning two different style of games. Like, that's pretty impressive to, you know, be able to make those adjustments and, and with you're very against, little experience. And you're playing against select sides from Wisconsin and then the Kansas City, St. Louis area. Yeah, and I'm not super familiar with, like, how Kansas City has, like, some of their programs, but I would assume just from watching those kids play mm-hmm. that some of them have probably been playing 15s for quite a few years. Well, and also they have connections to the Blues and mm-hmm. the Bombers and the Royals and the Ramblers and Lindenwood. I mean, Yeah, there's, there's... a lot of programs. I just didn't know, like, what their youth, like, mm-hmm. if they're, like, U16, if they do 15s U16 or anything like that, or even, like, younger programs. I honestly think the difference to me in that game was the first 20 minutes, the confidence level of the Alliance team over the Slicks. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where, you know, the coaches at halftime for Iowa, wouldn't an amazing, I don't know what they said. I was going to ask about that. Like, what was said, mm. you know, at halftime? Because, like, they came out way hotter in the second yeah. half. It, if only, like, we could talk to someone real soon, but we're going to forget to ask that question because we might have already recorded that interview. Maybe. <laughs> we might say something. Yeah. We should have wrote it down. We, we should write. I honestly was thinking about it during it, but I was like, ah, you know. Seriously, they came out motivated. They scored in the first, what, like two minutes, minute? Yeah, it was 30 seconds. minutes, yeah. It, they, I mean, they came out super motivated. That's they why their like defensive com- line, too, was looking way better. They were coming up way harder, getting way lower on their tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just... Like like I said, completely flipped a switch. And I think that that really speaks to the coaching. So, again, shout-out to Brent Nelson. Shout-out to Casey Hansen, uh, Aaron Matthews, Joe Lippert, Eric Frana, Joe Randall, uh, Tom McClyman, anybody else who helped out that we didn't name. Um, obviously, not all those guys were there over the weekend. But it was really cool to, you know, not to – now – Gimli, you, you've heard of the show before. You've listened to it before. Sometimes we get to points where Phil and I just love to pat each other on the back and just <laughs> talk about how good we are. But did you have fun streaming that on, on uh, Saturday with us? That was fun. I thought you guys did excellent. I felt, you know, I felt we, very comfortable. You were a part of it, too. You know, I was there. I was holding the camera, and I was responsible when, you know, the app would fail and stuff. And... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, I, I was just going to bring that up, like how stressed Mr. Gray was, oh, was that whole time. <laughs> I felt bad. Dude, you missed out when we were trying to get like the mic and stuff working. Mr. Gray was a little irritated. Dude. You you guys saw me in in rare form. Like I was in like legit like teacher mode when you have thirty two kids and not a single one is following directions and you're just like frustrated and like you know there's a solution but nothing is working and like yeah, so when we got into the press box, none of the stuff was plugged in. I go to the lady who was the event coordinator or not coordinator, the event so like a chaperone almost for like the yeah, whole deal. She worked for yeah. Valley School District, so she unlocked the building yeah. for us. And I went to her, I'm like, hey, we don't 
know how to plug this stuff in and she was like i was told you know how to run it and i'm like well, i know how to run stuff once it's plugged in but i don't know so they call someone that person didn't know what to do so we're scrambling to try to figure out how do we turn on the scoreboard how do we get the pa system to work scoreboard worked pa system didn't okay so then we go to the stream hey we can do youtube streams well we go through the app and then it pops up and it's like oh you need to enable streams Parker shows up, hey, you know tech stuff. And then it's like, oh, you need to wait 24 hours before you're approved for the YouTube stream. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to go to Facebook. So we go into Facebook. And I'm trying to show Gimli how to run the app. And I don't really know how the app works either. And then Gimli's like, oh, I'll just hit stop because it'll pause it. And then when I hit start, it'll open back up. Now, when you hit stop, it takes you out. And you have to start a whole new thing and type everything back in. He didn't know. I didn't know. I might have barked at some people. I might have snapped a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, think, I, love I was how you so say, like, sweaty. I love how you say that's like, you know, a side we haven't seen before. But I've seen you this irritated before a couple of times. It's it's pretty rare, but I've seen it. Okay, well, we seen it. It's rare. It's rare. <laughs> we work together a lot, Phil. And Gimli, you were there helping me replace floorboards in my deck and paint. And you probably saw me frustrated there, too. I had you at the pizza shop, too, back in the day. Yep. I worked for you at Gusto Pizza Company. And there'd be some high-stress moments. <laughs> it's like... The TV show The Bear. Oh, very similar, yeah. That show really, like, I haven't watched season two yet because I just really want to sit down and binge it. And I want it to be fall because fall is the best time for an Italian beef. So I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to watch that show where I'm like, God, I want an Italian beef. And then, yeah. But anyways, that show does a really good job of, like, showing how stressful working in a kitchen is or front of house. I was front of house. You always wanted to get me in the back house. I was like, nah, I'll just eat all the pepperonis, which I did. <laughs> Not the tomatoes, though. This guy and tomatoes, I tell you what. No tomatoes. It's a texture thing. Phil, a when, texture thing. Phil, when did you see me? When is another time you've seen me that stress? Hmm. I'm trying to think of specific moments. I know I've seen it before. And I feel like a lot of it's been when we've been doing podcast stuff. <laughs> well, okay. So last thing I'll say about this. Like, we want to do more streams. I thought that was fun. I thought it was cool when, like, the things were working well. The whole point of this is to, like, provide a platform to share what's happening in Iowa rugby. So what better place than, hey, let's broadcast high school rugby so people can see it. College coaches. I know there were some D1 men's coaches that were watching. Uh, we got some good feedback. Um, so it was cool. It was cool for oh, them, and it's yeah. cool to be a part of it. Um, but, yeah, when things don't work or they don't – like, I envisioned it a certain way, and it didn't work, and I got frustrated, and I didn't know how to fix it. <laughs> so I got mad, and I wanted to throw things, but I didn't. I just got real sweaty. Yes. And then it, it was very hot in that press box. Yeah. Thank God we opened those windows. But, no, I want to do more of this stuff in the fall, yeah. and that's why, too, Gimli, like – um, you said you wanted to help us out in the fall with more streams, and that's why, too, it's like, hey, well, if you're going to be a part of the crew on the streams, let's get you on the podcast, you know? I appreciate that. No, I think it's a great thing you guys, you know, it's a great thing you guys bring to the youth rugby. Obviously, you're both pretty involved in Iowa rugby, and, I mean, me being a high school kid, this would have been awesome to have somebody, you know, to actually have some kind of game film you can go back to, mm -hmm. or have, you know, your friends and family have the opportunity to to watch you play without having to get in the car and make the drive, especially since most of these kids 
weren't from Des Moines area that were there. Right. Um, and to talk about your background a little bit, you know, you played for the Des Moines high school team, the Chaos, right? I did, yes. Des Moines uh, U19. So back, I'm, I'm getting pretty old. That was, uh, that was about ooh, 19 years ago I started playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So back in 2004, uh, a lot of the men's clubs had... 15s, 15s clubs, not sevens. It was before the Iowa High School sevens mm-hmm. was established. But uh, yeah, played with some good boys there, you know. And so. you traveled out of state, like for a lot of tournaments too, right? You went to we Elkhart. Did. Elkhart, Indiana was yep. a big one. Yeah, uh, it was always in the spring. It was a spring sport, and it was kids from all over Des Moines that we played with. We played in state too. Ames had a team. Quad mm-hmm. Cities had a team. Muscatine. Muscatine had uh, had their own team. Uh, Cedar Rapids had a team here and there. Iowa Falls. Iowa Falls and Sioux City had... Uh, I mean, Iowa Falls one was kind of iffy because most of the time it was just Iowa Falls guys. <laughs> uh, and Ellsworth Community College football players. Mm. But, uh, That's kind of why I think their high school program kind of like faded away. Yeah, they only played home games. So it was a little interesting, you know. That is convenient. We still beat them. But, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it was a great opportunity because there wasn't, there wasn't a lot around then and yeah to go to Elkhart and then see rugby programs that were school sports a lot of private mm-hmm. there's a lot of private schools there Mount Carmel mm-hmm. um, places like that uh, a lot of Indiana Michigan Ohio mm-hmm. Illinois Wisconsin where they were private schools and it was a varsity sport mm-hmm. to see that kind of competition and get to play against it was, was pretty neat yeah. Yeah. so the only thing missing like it'd been cool to stream it and see it would have been great you could have sent a mixtape to like Lindenwood. If you get on YouTube, you could probably find some old highlights. Uh, not not very well shot, but yeah. Okay, well could've. we might we might could've. look for it. I was I was hey that's not where I wanted to go. I was happy to become a Panther. I had a lot of Panther pride. And that's where had, we met. Had a shirt that said so. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but you know to get back to that Iowa select side match, uh, yeah we want to do some high school girls tournaments uh, this fall. We think it'd be fun. You know, and yeah. uh, I think too. The next thing we should probably do is talk to our man of the match from the Iowa Selects, Tyler Gast. Uh, was it pretty easy to pick him as man of the match? I was just, I was just gonna throw that out there. It's like that might just be like hands down man of the match for that one. Five tries scored by Iowa. Five tries scored by Tyler Gast. Yeah, that was a <laughs> wild performance. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, I, you can tell he was coached by Casey because Casey was a guy when we played at Bremer. He would always tell us to find work, and mm. especially as front row players, and in the one through three one, like find work. You got to find something to do. Uh, you got to be moving, getting that next phase or the next next phase ready to go. And he was one of the kids that was out there that he worked the entire seventy minutes. Oh yeah, without the ball. Uh, wherever he was at, he could have been on the opposite sideline. He was finding work. And he probably wasn't on the opposite sideline because he was probably either in the ruck or getting ready for that. He was almost the first, I'm pretty sure he was the first pack player to touch the ball after every single like breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like he was always in that channel. There might have even been a time or two he cut off the fly half to be like, no, I'll just take this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he had that confidence. And so, I think we should talk to him. Yeah, let's get him on.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we are now to our second interview of the show, brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. We have Tyler Gast, former Waverly Shell Rock player and a member of the Iowa Select side. He's going to be an Iowa Central Community College Triton this upcoming fall. Tyler, how's it going? Uh, good. How are you guys? Not too bad. No Not complaints bad. here. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're doing pretty good, but probably not as sore as you after that match <laughs> yesterday. Holy smokes, how you feeling today? Uh, I've been better. Uh, I do what Coach Nelly told me, folks on recovery, went on a little run. I feel a lot better now than I did this morning, though, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely helps to just move around a little bit, because if you just lay around after a big match, oh my god, you get so stiff. Oh, it's horrible, man. It's like the lactic acid builds up, and it's, it's not fun. Yeah, so what's been the biggest adjustment, like, just to go off of that, you know, how your body feels after a sevens match compared to a 15s match was that a huge like eye opener or you know what what are the biggest differences you noticed uh well for sure the ex- the exhaustion is times 10 like i could play like six sevens matches like and i'm tired after each game but i can recover 10 times faster but it's just after one of the games it just it runs your ragged but I think it's just because I'm not used to it yet, and I'm still building up the endurance for it, but I'm excited to play it because it's way more fun than sevens right now, I'm thinking. <laughs> Spoken like a true forward. I love 15s, but yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit different of a game, and every fall season, whenever we start, it's always like, first match or two, it's like, man, it's like, I feel pretty out of shape, but by the time you're halfway through the season, it's like, <laughs> second nature. Oh, yeah. And then, as you go through, too, you kind of figure out your spots where you can rest and where you can really kind of take advantage of that. Whereas in sevens, you know, there's, there's not time to do that. And in 15s, the more reps you get, the more matches you get, the, the easier you kind of figure out how to adjust to that 80 minute match. And so, you know, did your training at all change or are you just like, you know, I'm young, I can just kind of do whatever and show up and I'll be fine. Or did you do any kind of cardio to get ready for 15s? Well, that first 15s match, I ran a little bit, but I did not do nearly as much as I should have, and it showed, because I was dying halfway through the match, and and we just, as a team, like, uh, we had moments where we did pretty well, but as a team, we didn't do the greatest, and, like, the the Badgers were a great team, but mm-hmm. I just really wanted to improve and do better and show that Iowa rugby can compete with every other state, so then I really took this 15s match seriously, and I've been running a lot. I've been trying to work in a Bronco a day pretty much and <laughs> some endurance stuff. So it ain't the most fun, but it's been working for me right now. Well, I mean, I mean, it definitely showed though in that match because, like, I mean, you had an incredible day for the selects match, like putting up five tries. All like five that, tries. All five tries. Yeah. That was wild. I, I don't know. It was just one of those things where it's like <laughs> you don't think about it. You're just – I just wanted to win really bad, so if that's what I needed to do, that's what I needed to do. Yeah, and, you know, talking about wanting to win, you know, that first match against the Badgers Selects, that is an amazing program. Those guys have been playing 15 since middle school. 
uh, they they really know the the little ins and outs where you guys. Um, I said it on the broadcast yesterday, like you're learning on the fly, you know, mm. learning on the job for a lot of these, you know, moments. It's the first time you've been in a situation like this. You know, what was practice like for you guys trying to prep for this? You know, you got guys from all over the state. You got coaches you haven't met before. Um, what did practice look like to get ready for the second match compared to the first one? Well, Coach Joe and Coach Nelly are phenomenal teachers because, well, at least for me, they helped me pick up 15s relatively fast. And, like, I got a – I live by Rick Hall. He's going into the UNI Men's Rugby Hall of Fame, and he's a pretty prominent figure, and he's really helped me learn, like, lock and flanker and the forward positions. So I'm really grateful to all three of those coaches. But as a team, I felt like it started off a little shaky when we were just, like – figuring out and seeing all what we needed to do and what we were capable of but like once we started getting comfortable with each other we started calling each other by names and we started just working hard together it's like it really clicked and we actually kind of had good offensive shape and our defense was getting better and yeah so it was like i think the third practice is when i was like okay this is actually looking like the 15s team and Mm -hmm. we're actually play competitively so that's pretty much what happened in the practices were they were rough sometimes but it was it was what we needed it helped us a lot what was who was someone who like stepped up as a leader for you guys like who just kind of naturally um kind of took that role as like a player leader um anybody that really stood out to you or anyone that surprised you and how they kind of carried themselves at practice uh gavin olson's one he's just a dog oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's a good buddy of mine. He's my roommate at IC. He's, he's a dog. He stepped up. He's him. He balled out. But Ryan Larson, really, I don't know. He, he doesn't run like a back. That's what I've noticed. But uh, Ryan Larson did really well. Uh, Ian Murr wasn't necessarily a vocal leader, but I'd say that he really showed with his play, and he mm-hmm. really helped the team, and he helped support. Because, like, in that first uh, Badgers game, he had a – I think he scored the first try because on defense he shot up and grabbed it and scored right away and it it kind of turned the momentum around for a little bit but uh hudson hudson uh Verreau, he was another good leader i'd like to say for 15s he was a solid player he couldn't play with us this game because he messed up his uh messed up his lung in utah but he'll be fine but it just kind of sucks i wanted to play with him last time before college yeah i heard he landed on a ball when he was like scoring a try and it like hit him right in the lung and something gross like that yeah it uh, like bruised his lung or something like that i don't know it it was bad but it's he's doing a lot better now and he should be cleared relatively soon so did you say he's going to iowa central too uh i don't know uh, I haven't really talked to him about him that much. I'm just kind of letting him decide what he wants to do. Gotcha, gotcha. And who are some of those other guys that you're going to continue playing with at Iowa Central? Uh, there's Davin, Tristan, uh, we got Gavin. Uh, Murrow was thinking about it. We don't know yet for sure. Same thing as Hudson. They're juniors. They got time to figure oh, it out. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, and there, God, I can't remember his name. He was a... Uh, he was one of the new guys that played with us yesterday. He was this big Samoan dude, and he was pretty good. I just can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, Nelson told us who he was. Um, mm. I thought he was from Guam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God, I'm going to feel like an idiot for forgetting his name, but I, he was really fun to play with. I'm looking to, I'm very excited to play with him. Nice. But, uh, right. yeah. 
There's um, probably someone I'm missing, but hmm. pretty much half the team's going there. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I know right. uh, Noah Quinn and a Cook and Guai, yep. both from Valley That's too. True. I think we have like five or six Valley guys going there, which is just crazy. Pretty <laughs> pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of Iowa kids. So I mean, it's really cool to see the dynamic of Iowa Central, where you take the top level talent in Iowa, and then you also get talent from across the country, and then also. You know, just last week they signed, uh, it was either a scrum half or a fly half out of, I think, London. London, yeah, London. So, yeah, I mean, you're Adley, get- I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I talked to him. He's cool. Yeah, what a cool mix of, like, background and just the diversity of different play styles and different coaching and all these different backgrounds. And you get to come together in Fort Dodge mm. and represent, you know, Iowa Central. So, I think really, really cool opportunity. And you guys play in a very difficult conference. Um, if you followed along, you know, up in the yeah. the Big Rivers Conference now, playing against other varsity programs, and you're right in the mix right away. So are there any players that play right now for Iowa Central that you know that you're looking forward to play with, or have you met any of those guys? No, actually. Uh, I don't really know anyone older than me playing rugby outside of a couple of guys, you and I, like Gabe Shantiyama, Mike mm-hmm. Shantiyama, Jacob Barswell, like all those guys that were recently – played for Waverly mm-hmm. but outside of that I don't really know anyone so I'm like I'm very excited to meet some high level rugby players and just pick their brains and learn from them nice. and probably you know form some pretty good friendships too I mean some of my best friends I've met in uh, college rugby so you know oh yeah. <laughs> but, but uh speaking of Iowa Central and everything too um when do you guys head out for uh training exactly because that's got to be coming up pretty soon here oh yeah uh I think it's like five days. Irish Fest is fifth, so we're playing that. And then I think we move in August 10th. Oh, wow. And then we start from there. Nice. So, I mean, that's less than a week and a half, two weeks. And then you're going. It's it's close. And talking about, you know, wrapping up your high school career, you know, you played for Waverly Shell Rock, uh, very respected program in the state. You guys have done a lot of great things. Um, Did you win – Two state titles when you were with Waverly? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one in my sophomore year with Jack Kramer as a leader. And we won it my junior year with kind of like Lane McDonald, mm-hmm. Mikey, and all those guys at the helm of that team. That team was a fun team to be on and be a part of. Oh, yeah. And then this year we uh, we ended up falling short. but. Well, and we talked about it before. I, I, every single year it's insane how much better the entire league gets. Oh, yeah. And every just, year. I mean, I think six different teams had a chance to win the state tournament and it was just like however the ball bounced i mean i think any of those top six teams could have been champion that night and i wouldn't have been surprised uh, oh, yeah like i 100 percent agree with you yeah and yeah because i think of like our, our valley match like we knock on the ball twice in the first mm-hmm. 90 seconds and mm-hmm. lose to ankeny by one try and it was like it's just crazy so Thinking back to your high school career, you know, what are some of the top moments and memories that you have um, playing for Waverly Shell Rock? My, probably my favorite moment of my high school career ever is when Mikey ran it back last second against Ankeny last year to win the title. And I just, that feeling when we all stormed the field and we held up that trophy as a team and it was, it was a really cool feeling. That's definitely going to be my number one. Uh, definitely playing with Rebels Rugby. Mm. I can't pick between any of them because I love those tournaments so much, and they helped me improve as a player tremendously. 
Yeah, I was, uh, I was just going to say, I remember that match, that state championship match from last year. It's probably one of the most exciting matches I've ever watched for high school rugby. Yeah, we were was, so nuts. I think that was the first, first time we streamed it. It was yeah. the first B-Side Boys stream we ever did, and it was really bad, but I just remember <laughs> screaming in the press box because it was such a back-and-forth defensive battle, and Ankeny scored late, and it was just like, oh, man, like Waverly has to score. And watching him break through was, I mean, he ran the whole length of the field. <laughs> so long. Oh, yeah, no. Like, 99 yards down there, and he, he, oh, he was just, and he just split the defense, stepped him, gone, and he almost got caught at the end, but he just reached out for the try. And I can, that game was, that is my favorite game I've ever been a part of. Oh, yeah. Now, in talking about Rebel, you know, that's something we've talked about a lot on here. What would you say to other, like, high school kids, like, why they should try out for it, or like, what did you gain from Rebel Rugby that made you a better player? Uh, my whole career, Casey's told me to get the get out of my head and quit thinking so much and like that. And I'd say playing with the Rebels, it really helped raise my confidence mm. and knowing that uh, I'm not just decent or good at a state level. I can compete nationally with all these kids, and I can still ball out for them. And it was it's. Like, it really just brings out your confidence because I feel like like running hard or, like, tackling hard or being physical, it's not necessarily about your body. It's about your mindset because, like, we had a kid on Waverly named Zane Barons. He wasn't a very big guy, but he'd hit and he'd tackle and he didn't fear anything. I feel like, yeah, it really helps with your mentality and mindset as a player. And oh, yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it to anyone that gets the opportunity to go because it's probably some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah, no, we know Zane. We oh, yeah. uh, we played with his dad and uh, for the Bremer County oh. Bucks. And Zane, it's kind of crazy too because when we went into the playoffs years ago, I mean, what he was like a freshman yeah, or no, he was no, he's in that. middle school he was in middle or something. School, yeah. Like, so I remember him being around, and it's been cool to watch him play. And yeah, like Gimli said, pretty sure that's genetic of not being afraid of hitting anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Barons are some bad mofos, that's for sure. Yes, they <laughs> are. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, you know, talking about your coaches, too, Casey Hansen and, and Eric Wickham, um, what was it like having them as coaches? And did you wrestle for Wickham? Or? Yeah, I wrestled for Wickham okay. uh, for three years. Yeah, so what was it like having those guys as coaches? Uh, Casey's always been hard on me, and I've always kind of thanked him for it. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of annoying sometimes, but it's also <laughs> – if he wasn't hard on me, I would not be as good as I am now, and I wouldn't have the opportunities I have now. But Casey's, I'm being biased probably, but I think he's the best rugby coach in Iowa. Just from his knowledge, the way he can help reach the players, the way he can help motivate everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, against Ankeny and Cresco, when we played them this year, uh, we were all in our huddling, and we, we were talking about what we are going to do, how we wanted to play, and stuff like that. And I just remember Casey coming up and just, saying some stuff to us and getting us fired up and we just go out there and we blow Ankeny out 20-0 and Ankeny was pretty highly favored at that time and yeah he's just he's a great coach Wickham's also an amazing coach too Wickham's drills are they suck but they're great <laughs> for you as a rugby player <laughs> oh yeah oh that's awesome get, we, uh, we also had Jacob Barthlow help and he graduated last year and he's playing at UNI and he had some good drills for us too and he was the younger kids liked him. He helped the younger kids out a lot. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, moving on from high school, looking ahead to Iowa Central, 
Um, you know, you said you got your your roommate. Uh, you're going to be with Gavin there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, have you like looked ahead, or like do you have any idea you're going to be getting some playing time this fall, or do you know what position you're going to be working at, or what that is going to look like for you? For me, I'm going to go to whatever position is going to get me the most playing time, and whatever like whatever position I can play that'll give the most impact on the team. Nice. Of course, I want to make A side, and I want to play against the best teams and the best competition. But mm-hmm. it all depends on me and how good I am. So, gotcha. I can't say anything about what I'll will or will won't do. But mm-hmm. gotcha. I for sure want to make A team, and we'll just we'll see what you we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I was gonna say too. Um, kind of interesting, you know. You started playing rugby just a few years ago and going to Iowa Central. So just wondering, like, in your view, you know, for the state of Iowa, you know, how do you view rugby in Iowa? Have you felt like you've even seen it grow in the past couple of years? Or how has it even changed from when you started your first year? Like, anything that stands out to you? The athletes. Mm. The athletes that are joining rugby now is insane. Like, Tristan Irving. Mm -hmm. Holy, he's... Very athletic, and then there's all there's a bunch of different kids from like the, I can't remember his name, but he uh, played at Central Springs, and he was just tall, skinny, and he was just mean, and he could run hard, and he was fast and quick, and had a good step. He was impressive. Connor Carver, he's another good one. Mm. He go, went to Fort Dodge. He yep. played with us at Iowa Selects. He was just a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and going I to have, play football. I think up at. Uh... Bemidji? Bemidji? Oh, Bemidji? Bemidji, Bemidji that's yep. what it was. Yep. He's cool, dude. I still talk to him all the time. I'm trying to get him to go out for rugby, but we'll <laughs> see. Well, I mean, you never know. See how the first semester of football goes for him, you know? You never never know. Because he lit it up with Rebel Rugby, too, didn't he? No, he just played with the Iowa Selects. Or Iowa Selects. Okay. That's what, oh, down at Bloodfest against Rebel. Mm-hmm. That's he what it was. He killed the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he put him in the ER. Like that was one of the best hits I think I've ever seen. Good. Nice. And that's funny. He's playing quarterback too. I know. Weird, right? <laughs> you wouldn't think you wouldn't think he'd hit like a tank, but the kid does. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, so um, do you ever follow like Iowa State, U and I, Iowa? Do you ever kind of keep track of what those teams are doing? Uh, have you seen like anything that impresses you with those teams or? Um, have you just been focused on kind of the high school league the past couple of years? I've just, I don't know. I, like, I've just been doing what Casey's told me to do. Put your head down, don't expect anything from anyone, and just try to be the best you and see where that takes you and try to max out your potential and see what you can make of yourself. And so I haven't really paid attention to much higher level of rugby. Well, like, I'm watching it now. And right, not right. preparing to go and play against them, but... Mm. Yeah. The only thing that was really on my mind during high school rugby was my high school opponents, and it was the same thing for when we went to like NA sevens or blood festivals. I was just focusing on the other team and playing them. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm a competitive person. I like to win. I think the everyone should want to win, and everyone should try the whole game. And just I don't know. I think I like rugby because it's an aggressive sport that two people can go at it for however long, and then after they can be friends. I think you be friends after the match, go hang out, and then you make like lifelong, lifelong bonds, and it's just it's crazy, and I love it as a sport. Oh yeah, no, I was just curious to see kind of what your view of rugby was, just being kind of like 
the generation below us, just kind of how you view things. But yeah, as a competitor, you sound very no nonsense. Like <laughs> I really care about who I'm playing against and figure out the rest later. And yeah. no, you've kind of already got it figured out with, you know, why we're still involved in rugby is just the connections and the yeah. social aspect. And there is still that sense of adrenaline and hitting someone and running someone over. But then at the same time, hanging out afterwards and you make those relationships. And I, I think it's cool too. Cause I see, you know, Iowa high school wrestlers or football players play against each other and then they want nothing to do with each other. But like rugby, like you said, you guys came together and made this select side team and now you're roommates with guys that you were, you know, rivals with. (laughs) Um, It's it's cool to see, man. And uh, if you told me I was going to be roommates with a Polk kid three years ago, <laughs> I would have told you I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. That's actually the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> Waverly and Southeast so Polk. Yeah. Never, yeah, it's like yeah. oil and water. <laughs> yeah, we got some rivalries. <laughs> Did Gavin wrestle? No, no. Okay, so he's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tolerate him. <laughs> yeah. Gavin's awesome. That whole Selects team was awesome. They're a bunch of cool dudes. Nice. And how about Nelson? You get along with him so far? Yeah, he's helped. He's improved me as a rugby player a lot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm very excited to work with Coach Nelly and work with Joe. And I, it's it's going to be a great experience for me, and I can't wait to see where it takes me. No. Yeah, you're going to definitely learn a lot. It's a lot of... That's a very high rugby IQ between a couple of those guys. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and then develop. how was it working with Aaron Matthews, a guy who played in the MLR? Oh, and, good. You know, like he played in the MLR. He knows what it takes. He knows what that pathway looks like. And now he's going to be helping out at Iowa Central as well. Um, what was your first thoughts working with him? He's good. Like, I don't. <laughs> he knows his stuff. He's really good. He, well, he helped fix. Ian's pass. He like literally in one day he faced Ian Murray's left-handed pass. So he's very good. And I'm like, I don't know. It it's gonna be amazing having all the facilities and the coaching and all the time and people that wanna win and play. Like it's it's gonna be a great experience. Oh yeah. Well, and it's cool too that Nelson does this Iowa Select side. The fact that he gets to like work with you guys before you even come to campus. So I mean, he knows what he's doing there and. You have a really solid class coming in on top of a solid class that's already there. So, no, I think you're going to have a really fun fall, a lot of a lot of cool opportunities, yep. and we're going to be keeping an eye on it and definitely want to check back in with you probably, I don't know, sometime during the season or after the season to see how your first year went because, yeah, just based on your high school career and how selects went for you, we, I don't know, sky's the limit for you, man. Yep. Keep working hard. Keep listening to Casey and – you know, Pretty much. doing what they're saying, put your head down, put put in the work, and good things are going to happen, man. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. See how far it takes me. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining us tonight, man, and yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll check in soon, all right? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, yep. Tyler. Have a good one. Yep, you too. Bye. What do you think, guys? A metronome. Oh. Okay. All right, and that was Tyler Gast. Really excited to see what he's going to be up to this fall at Iowa Central. I think they're going to have, 
you know, an awesome season, really exciting group of kids that are going to be on campus and yeah, just all around great person. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does and how this incoming class of freshmen perform, you know, obviously knowing a lot of the kids, like it's going to be really excited to see like, you know, how they do in the fall season and what experiences they get. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. And I'm also really curious to see that, uh, new Triton, practice field that's in the mm. middle of campus yeah that's really exciting that's going to be really good exposure for their team oh yeah no that's going to be awesome and you know so saturday the iowa selects played also at the same time the interest city sevens championship the craig mm. cup challenge took place in mason city gimli have you heard of interest city sevens uh, i've heard a little bit but won't you tell me more so basically river city struggled a couple years ago to field a team they took a break from playing spring, and then in the summer, they're like, hey, we're going to do a sevens league, open it up to everyone in the community. They had four teams. They played a sevens league last summer. This year, it almost doubled in size. Wow. And they played seven weeks in a row, eight different competition things, because the last week on Saturday, they had their championship, where all six teams showed up. They did a little tournament, and they crowned a champion. And we're going to actually go to Mark Blong here in just a moment. Uh, to get a recap of it, and he'll learn you some more. Sounds great, Ryan. Do you want to introduce and say, hey, here's Mark Blong from River City. And here is Mark Blong from River City. That was perfect. Yeah, we should keep this guy around. (laughs) All right, and now we are to our third interview of the show, brought to you by Tight Head Brewing Company. We've got Mark Blong from Intracity Sevens and River City Rugby. Mark, how we doing? Doing good. Good to hear from you guys. Yeah, good to hear from you, but definitely sounds like uh, you're in much need of a well-deserved rest after this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, interested. It was awesome this year, but um, I can't say I'm disappointed it's over because I'm uh, ready for a break. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys went seven weeks in a row, and then this past Saturday you guys had your – Craig Cup Challenge, the championship. Uh, can you tell us how Saturday went for everybody? Uh, it was a blast. Uh, one of the teams, the Ragers, honestly have a stacked roster, but so many people were gone this week. Um, but we had some people from out of town come and step up for them and, and fill out their roster. But um, it was good. It was well attended. A lot of fans there. Um, Craig Scott, who the tournament's after, um, he was in attendance, which was great to see him. And um, the last place team that got one win throughout the summer, um, they ended up making it to the championship, and, and they had a hell of a day. So it was fun to see that team. Yeah, so. we, we saw that, and we were like, man, like, can you give us a breakdown on like, how that came to be exactly? Because we did in the preview kind of make a joke, like, do we want to pick the Wraith? Like, could they do it? Anything could happen? And then uh, – Paldo sent me a message and I saw that that they were in the championship. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, what happened? Uh, I mean, honestly, they've had the pieces and the games just haven't happened for them. And, mm. and even some of the scores sometimes you're like, was it really that? That was really the score um, when they when they took some lopsided losses. But they've had the pieces and mm-hmm. um, Saturday was a day it just kind of came together. And um, their game against us, the Raptors, was. I mean, it was a dogfight, and uh, they came out on top. So it was kind of bittersweet because I was really happy for them. But I was like, damn, I thought we'd be back in it. So, mm-hmm. um, And then, they, like I said, they played the Ragers in the first round. And Ragers, 
Um, they they have their typical team. Uh, that would have been a tough tough one to pass. So um, it, it set up well for them. And then um, yeah, like I said, they they performed maybe their best game against the Raptors, and uh, it landed them in the championship. So uh, proud of those guys. They've they've been like honestly the culture team of the summer. They they had so many culture guys that are awesome. But they have some players on their team, and just the games never happened their way, and it did Saturday. So nice. And talk to us about the championship match. Who was the team that ended up winning the whole thing? Uh, it was the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, those damn Warriors. Uh, <laughs> they're 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 stacked. So um, they didn't lose a match no. all summer. No, no, and uh, it made it like that much more wanting to go back in time. And they had a couple close matches that. Uh, I kind of hope no team would go undefeated in, in that league, but um, you know they 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 had a stout side that is just tough to beat, and um, they bow their backs when they're when the backs are against the wall, so they can finish out any game too. So nice. Um, who were some of the guys that were on that team, and who was the the admin for that team? Um, so they have uh, Christian Burgos and Tucker Erickson, and. Um, Tucker, he's a he's a real special scrum half, and uh, he, he plays for River City. They both play for River City. Um, Tucker's a special player in his his own right, and um, he also played at Iowa Central a bit and mm. knows a lot of those guys. So um, they have um, Maddie Ice, uh, who's who's obviously good. Um, Ford Dodge. Dylan kid. Dylan Johnson's one of the you and I. He's, kid, he's kind of a he's like. He's quietly just a great stud, and, and he's honestly one of my favorite people in the league. He's just such a good kid, and um, he understands it. And, uh, gosh, I could go on with their team. Rashawn Jennings, uh, the guy's posting tries every night. He's just an incredible finisher. He has a great foot, too, for kicking at post. Um, Christian Studier, uh, Jacob Hoffman, um, he wasn't able to make this last week, but the kid's been a great distributor and um, just a clean player. He does very well. Um, I mean, they had Vari for the first half of the, the season. Um, trying to think of who else. I mean, they're, they're just stacked. They're, yeah. No. They're, they're starting seven. There isn't a weak point in it, and, and their reserves are solid too. So Yeah, congratulations to the Warriors. Like That just sounds like a, a well-picked team from day one, mm-hmm. and they just – you know, had a plan and stuck to it the whole year and it worked. And, you know, congratulations to you and everybody involved because can you kind of tell people just the growth that the league made from year one to year two? Like, what were some of the things, like, number of people, number of games, number of fans, or just, like, what what did the growth look like from year one to year two? Um. Yeah, so, I mean, on all fronts, just elevated um, the level of play, number of players, fans photographers um i I tried to up my game on social media a little bit but um got a little bit behind on that but yeah in anticipation of your phone call i i counted the amount of waivers i had signed and Mm -hmm. um we were right at 99 with me it'd be 100 wow so um with with us making the assumption that there's probably some people that kind of snuck through without signing a waiver. <laughs> um, we, we had to have eclipsed a hundred, you know, so oh, yeah. I'm guessing there was a good 110 people that stepped on the field in the league over those seven weeks, which wow. is just, 
it's crazy in retrospect, you know. Because yeah. um, last year, then, how many people did you have about? Was it around 50? I think we got 65 that eventually okay. stepped on the field at least once. Wow. So, um, I mean, and that, that, that was mind-boggling last year to go from where we were at as, uh, as River City as a club and, mm-hmm. and potentially no rugby being on that field to, to go from three guys that practiced to 65 over the summer on that field. And then this year to, to eclipse the 100 mark is, 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 is impressive. So there's that, and just the level of play was insane. Um, these, these college kids from you and I and Iowa Central are just they're, – they're fun to play around. Um, they're fun to watch, mm-hmm. uh, fun to referee and everything. And then also there had to have been probably – I would guess about 10 people in the league that were new to rugby period nice. that that played this summer and it was fun to see them and some of the athletes coming out of high school that is kind of their introduction to men's rugby and there are definitely some athletes that were in the league that um, it was great to have them out there. Nice and that's what I was going to get to next was you know how is this going to you know propel River City forward for the men's fall season and also too it looks like high school rugby is back you know it's cool to see mason city school district promote the girls team on the actual facebook page and then hoping that we see or, uh, mason city boys team in the spring you know what what is this intracity sevens doing for rugby in mason city um i think it's i mean for really uh for mason city for the men's club, it's it's um, providing that bridge uh, from young fit players or guys that are new to the game to get quickly introduced and like brought into the culture of River City. You know, they're at the clubhouse, they're at our field, um, they're seeing a lot of the awesome aspects of rugby without providing a upfront a lot of a commitment. Um, but one thing with like River City was we we're kind of an aging club. And so if you get one or two young guys on the team, I think they felt a little bit out of place. You know, you already Mm -hmm. do if you join a new team. Like, you're going to feel a little bit out of place. But when you're younger and you don't have so many of your peers with you, you feel a little bit more out of place, I think. And now we have a lot of young guys. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, there's a big connection between us and Albert Lee now, which um, Freeborn County, their high school programs are, are well well ran um so there's a lot of connection between some of those guys that have graduated there that are still in the area the central springs kids that are still in the area um they're just like a really good feel to the young guys we got a lot of young guys that they're they're just a lot of fun and i think some guys are having more fun around the club and most older guys were still around so nice and so you're seeing that growth there um, and I think just excitement with rugby in town. Um, there's people that are coming out and watching that never seen rugby before. That's neat to see. And then um, lining up Dre with like having her line up the girls program again is incredible. Like if I could handpick anyone to to take over that program, it would have been her. And I'm so excited for where she's going and the amount of support she's getting from the school district. Mm. Um, that's something that. I battled a lot when I ran the girls program and to see the support she's getting and how she's taking it on um, and how the community's responding is so exciting. So um, that's been neat as well. And I think, I think seeing that affiliation with the school 
Um, I have some people in mind that I'm going to try to push towards getting the boys thing going as well. And just the overall excitement and the, the vibes from rugby in Mason City right now are, are great. So I think mm. that people are encouraged and they do want to grow it and um, put in those extra efforts. So I think we're you know, it'll probably be a Mason City boys team in the spring, I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah, the whole the women's or the girls team, you know, that's extremely exciting. That's going to be going to almost be expecting some big things coming out of that here this next fall season. Yeah. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And then also too, I mean, you got the D four schedule for River City coming for the men's team, oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm I just feel like uh, with this momentum, expecting some some big matches for you guys and. Uh, potentially win the D four Iowa Minnesota conference. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it. We would feel like we uh, sold ourselves short if we don't. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the mentality going in right now. Um, the potential roster that's there is is a pretty special group. Um, I'm planning on not very many very many minutes myself. That's for sure. But um, I think also. Um, working with kind of a coaching group rather than just me heading up coaching is is going to be key on bringing out the potential of the team as well so um yeah the when i start sitting there and looking at the roster that's probably going to come together um it, it would be disappointing to fall short of playoffs uh, for that for d4 for us no we definitely um, think you guys i mean to go off of this momentum and just the people you have um yeah, I definitely think it's it's possible and it should happen. And yeah, and then also you guys have a referee clinic coming up. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? How many people are signed up and uh, what that looks like? Because I think that's something cool that Intracity Sevens isn't just hey we're trying to build back up River City for us and only us, and hey we're we're only here to play rugby. But you're trying to give back by also making referees for the whole state and to help everybody out. Um, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so try to bite my tongue a little bit and not say too much here. But I, um, so the excitement is it's set up. It is August eighteenth. Um, unfortunately, it's a Friday. Um, but fortunately, if someone wants to make a three day weekend out of the weekend, it'd be a, a great start to that three day weekend. Mm. Um, there's, there's, um some increasing in communication that I think USA Rugby needs to work on. Um, so I don't know what the number's at for this clinic. And what's disappointing is I had 35 people express interest mm-hmm. just from Interest City 7s in doing a referee clinic. I requested three Saturday dates all the way back in either the end of May or June, and then they randomly threw out a Friday. Hmm. Well, that sounds... So now if I can pull 10, I'll be happy. But I, I don't know what the number's at, but I, I did hear a lot of, like, chatter on the sidelines and a couple of people come up to me this Saturday and, like, I'm excited to come do that um, referee clinic on the 18th. And I also had, like, a former player get a hold of me that I thought pretty well stepped away from rugby. He's like, hey, I'm doing the referee clinic. Uh, I was like, okay, that's great. Nice. So maybe there's more people than I realize, but... Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand because I know it's something that we've tried with coaching and refereeing where it's like we want more people to coach, we want more people to ref, we want to do these clinics, but it's like a chicken and an egg thing where people don't sign up 
because they don't know when it is, but USA Rugby doesn't commit to it because they don't know how many people are signed up. And then by the time it's like, hey, this is when we're doing it, it never happens yeah, I, because I mean, the whole... Unfortunately for me, I literally had one of my teammates just happen to run across it on um, online somewhere, and he's like, hey, so that clinic's the 18th in August, and I was like, uh, I don't think... I don't even know if it's going to happen. I haven't heard anything. That's... He sent me a screenshot. I, don't, I was like, what is that? Not to bag on um, USA Rugby, I... but that is very on-brand and very <laughs> frustrating as you're doing really cool stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I literally was reaching out to Adam Falk to see if he could reach out to anybody, and neither one of us were getting responses for a while. When we finally did, we, you know, we were able to sort this out a little bit, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I'll just bite my tongue a little bit on some of that. I, I just, I think maybe um, we hamper um, the opportunities for growth because mm. I don't know if there's a referee clinic in, in the country that's going to, have 35 people saying they're interested and that's before you even do outreach on it right you know and so for me it was just but i was, I was disappointed silver uh, silver lining though like you said i mean we'll get the news out there to people right now the referee clinic is happening it is a friday but it is happening it is in iowa um you know Show up, be there, sign up, right? I mean, yeah, we're we're halfway through between Des Moines and Minneapolis, so we should be a, a great location for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anyone in Minnesota or I was interested, it's it's a great time to get into it just before the fall season kicks off, and um, and then I think I think the big thing is getting people certified, and then they'll take the opportunities to take the next steps. And I think the certification is the biggest thing to get people involved. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Oh yeah. Well. We love what's happening in Mason City, seeing the girls' program coming back, just seeing the excitement, having a referee clinic. I mean, two years in a row, Intracity Sevens has grown. Uh, just some really cool stuff. You deserve a break. You deserve to take a little rest because of everything you've put into this. So just love what you're doing for the game and kind of yeah. creating a blueprint for other people and showing people how it can be done at the grassroots level and just – yeah, just love the effort and energy you put into it, man. And I think it's pretty inspiring for people, especially when, you know, recruiting can be tough. But you thought outside the box and you kind of made this happen. And uh, really cool, too, to see how you're connecting high school and college kids to, like, a men's club. Um, yeah, just awesome stuff, man. So we appreciate you for coming on and just, yeah, love what you do, man. Hey, I love what you guys are doing, too. Of course, I always appreciate what you guys are doing, and you're a little bit of trendsetters yourself, so you guys should be proud. <laughs> nah, staff. No. <laughs> no. Well, thanks, Mark. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right, man? Yeah, have a great night. Yep, you too, you too. Bye-bye. And that was our interview with Mark Blong of River City Rugby about the Intercity Sevens summer program league they had. Yeah, so did you learn a lot from that interview? I did. I really did. Sounds like the game has grown a ton up there and they should have a you know a good amount of numbers to feel the full men's club this year get the women's program back up and running get the high school programs you know ready to go so that's good that area definitely needs it and a lot of good athletes up there so it's nice they got that going on yeah did you see too on wednesday the last wednesday night they had one of the guys uh proposed to his girlfriend no i didn't see that <laughs> what yeah, one of the guys, like, they did their end of the regular season, and it was on one of their posts. Wow. Um, 
Kind of like that Boise State running back back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they posted, It was a night full of excitement, fun, and community. But the greatest win of the night came during the first intermission of the 11s match when the Warriors admin Tucker Eric Smoen brought his girlfriend Lily to the 50-meter line and asked her to marry him. She said yes. Oh, good. All I the was players scared. went nuts. The fans cheered. Tucker was lifted into the air on the shoulders of the players, and their surprised parents met the newly engaged couple on the field. What a moment. That's really cool. That's great. That's awesome that he wanted to have, like, that special moment be there yeah. at that pitch. That's cool. God, yeah. So, man. like, oh, we didn't even talk about it with Mark, but it's, like, one more engagement than he had last year. So next year, they <laughs> yeah. need two engagements. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's clearly having an effect on, you know, some of the guys. You know, it's it means something to them. You know, that obviously, it's clear to me, you know, that some of those guys obviously are really into it. So that's yeah. cool. Love it. It is cool. Now, it's, it's one of those things, though, I just... The, the only, like, concern I would have is just, you know, that's a lot of rugby. And a lot of the young guys, they just show up, they play all the time. Um, I hope the guys who played all seven weeks take a little break like Mark's doing. Yeah. And then get ready for fall season. I hope people aren't burnt out from Intracity 7s. And hopefully no one misses any time from fall 15s because of it. I mean, I know, like, we want to pack in as much rugby as possible, but you could hear it on Mark's voice. Like, he does a lot between the social media and trying yeah. to line everything up, organize everyone, get the waivers. He deserves a good break. But the guys playing, hopefully they're rested like those college kids. They'll yeah. bounce back. They'll be well, fine. Well, I mean, the college kids don't start their season until, like, basically September. So like they And they're college kids, so yeah. they bounce back pretty fast. But for, like, men's league guys, like, like guys like us, like, we start our fall season in three weeks. So it's like, yeah. I would I would have a hard time bouncing back from right. that personally. Right, and I think that's why like a lot of our guys didn't participate because they knew like I'm working hard in the summer, it's hot, and if I want to play eight league matches in the fall and hopefully make a run in the playoffs, could be potentially twelve f- matches in the fall. It'd be hard to play eight different days of sevens tournaments in the summer. Take three weeks off. And then you play potentially 12, 15 matches. Mm. But that's a lot. Like, it's a lot of rugby. Yeah. Which some people can handle it. Um, but I, I really think River City should win the D4 Iowa-Minnesota League. I Yeah, I have high hopes for them. And yeah, hopefully they make it you know, into playoffs or maybe a Midwest Championship. That'd make be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, I mean, you have a huge player pool to pick from. I know a lot of those guys are going back to college, but... Again, the amount of new eyeballs and new people that are there, no reason they can't make a run there. Exactly. Yeah. So, love what they're doing. Um, speaking of, you know, people growing their player pool, uh, the Miami Sharks of Major League Rugby, brand new team, yeah. they had an expansion draft. I don't really know how it worked. Looks like basically they could protect, a bu- like every team could protect players, and then players who weren't protected, Miami went through and could pick who they wanted. But those players don't have to go there if they don't want to. Mm, okay. So it could be like guys who are like fringe players or platoon players who like, you know, rotate with another guy. Maybe they go to Miami, now they're a starter, you know. Um, Dude, I'll be really curious if they like, you know, like a free agent type deal, mm-hmm. if they pick up anybody from Palm Beach. Because they got some guys on that team that 
could probably play in the MLR. I mean, they've had guys Tim come Oxenford out of there. Tim Oxenford and Luke Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> and well, Joey Jeffries. And <laughs> that rap song. That's uh, the best. <laughs> but no, uh, one name that stuck out to me, Eric Napowski. Pretty sure he was like a top overall pick like two years ago or a year mm-hmm. ago for the Dallas Jackals. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, no other real names like jump out at me. But... Yeah, I'll be interested to see what that Miami roster looks like. Yeah, Obviously, too. we know it was really hard for Chicago. I mean, they did an expansion draft. Yeah. And they signed, and they got to pick from the Giltinis and Gilgronis. I know, and didn't Dallas Jackals have something similar, too? Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like when you're a new team in the league, like, you know, your first year, second year is going to be, you know, probably a little challenging. So I'm kind of curious to see if they have, you know similar challenges like these other teams that are newer in the league or if they have a really successful season it's going to be interesting yeah and it, it just worries me that like oh the guillotinis popped up and they were good right away but it's like yeah but that's the kind of cheat they cheat <laughs> yeah so and then you saw like what happened with chicago they really struggled it took them time so we'll we'll be following that and we should reach out to the boys down in palm beach to see if uh any other boys get picked up that'd be cool though that would be really cool so um, we're going to miami bienvenido on miami what's that uh, will smith song welcome to miami it's fine, it's fine. forget about it <laughs> that was is actually that his, his one and only album no uh, he had many albums did he really oh, i saw him more than one see that's the thing like gimli you and me are the same age and phil's just he's a, he's a smidge younger he didn't have big willie style i did not getting jiggy with it well, I know that. Wild Wild West? Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, no, that... Welcome to Miami. Just two of us? Welcome to Miami. We can make it if we try. Yeah, no. He didn't curse in any of his rap albums. He didn't, no. But I do, so... Me <laughs> <laughs> uh, too. The Eminem song. Okay, uh, the next thing we have, the Midwest 7 series is complete. Yep. We know who is going to... Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin for Nationals. So, here's how the men's division shook out. St. Louis Bombers end up number one with 35 points. No way. Chicago Lions, number two with 34. Detroit misses the cut. They had 32 points. Then Columbus Rugby was fourth. Cincinnati was fifth. Grand Rapids, sixth. Metropolis, seventh. Des Moines was eighth. The Reaper Sevens was ninth. Kansas City Blues was 10th, Pittsburgh Forge was 11th, and the Chicago Griffins was 12th. Hmm. So congrats to Des Moines. They had a really young squad, a lot of Iowa State kids on that squad too. Uh, they finished 8th out of 12. So they had a, they had a hot start. Yeah. yeah. And this last tournament, they had to go all the way to Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a haul. That's tough. And then the, the one before that was a crossover with some teams from the East which they had a really tough pool. Mm-hmm. Um, just some unlucky stuff there, but um, cool to see them going, you know, blow for blow. And they, you know, finished ahead of the Blues, ahead yeah, of the Pittsburgh Forge, and ahead of the Griffins. So, I mean, they're, those, are, those aren't some not-too-shabby teams. Yeah, exactly. uh, the, the women's side, Chicago Lions, 35 points at number one. Chicago North Shore, 34 points at number two. And then Cleveland misses the cut at 28 points. Uh, Cincinnati finished fourth 
our friend Emma. She plays for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbus Women at fifth. Metro at six, and then Dayton seventh. So, yeah, congrats to the Bombers and the Lions for the men, and then congrats to the Lions and the North Shore Chicago teams for the women's who will be going to nationals in Madison, Wisconsin, at that beautiful complex. Yeah. Uh, isn't that nice though? It's not a, like a crazy drive, you know, to go to national playoffs yeah. or sevens rugby. Like, that's actually pretty awesome for them. <laughs> but I'm just saying though, like, if I qualified for nationals and it was up in Madison, it'd be like, oh, this is cool. But I don't know if it would like feel as big, you know, like yeah, compared to like if you went to Colorado or like California or something random like yeah, that. If you, you had know? to like fly because yeah. it was so far. Because I mean, granted, we've played. If we've played out of state, 70% of the time it's Wisconsin. Yeah. It's either Minnesota, Wisconsin. Or Chicago. Or Chicago. Yeah. Not Illinois, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know. But I mean, yeah, I feel like most of our matches, if we leave the state, we're going to Wisconsin. We've been there so many times. Yeah. So, like, it, it would just feel like, hey, we're in Wisconsin again. Um, but at the same time, you wouldn't have to fundraise, you know, hey, we need $12,000 to get to... Yeah. It's a good point. You know? Yeah. But... Nationals is Nationals. Congrats to those yeah. guys. And two weeks. So we'll keep an eye on that. Which, that's crazy too. And fall season's like the next week. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> is that crazy? Uh, but those programs too probably have dedicated sevens teams and dedicated fifteens teams. Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Yeah, like you don't Thank have a ton, you. like well, you know, a lot of those sevens teams don't have a ton of forwards on them and stuff, so True. it's mostly backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last note I had, um, top prospects for the major league rugby draft you know that's coming oh yeah up. i saw a post about that actually so the deadline to sign up is august 1st so that's um tuesday did you see that uh post they put out too about their uh top prospects like yeah like guys to that. watch no i mean like but it's like consists of basically like two fly halves and a couple of locks yeah so we have james rivers from arizona Tyron Al Jabori, Wang out of Lindenwood, and then two Bonnies from St. Bonaventure, Ricky Rose, a lock, and uh, Keelan Coyle, a fly half, and then we got Max Schumacher, a fly half at a cow. So the thing that really stands out to me, because I think we're looking at the same thing here, two fly halves from American colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to know if Schumacher or Coyle are American born or not because a lot of times these MLR teams are getting fly half and scrum halves from overseas. Oh yeah. Um and then yeah, a couple of locks. Always can use some good locks and then yeah. Was there a wing on there too? So it's like Yeah, Tyron Al Jabori. Yeah. Lindenwood. Yeah, because dude, remember we talked about it last year yeah, with the draft. Well because last year first overall pick who was also rookie of the year. You know, he was a wing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it Max Schumacher? Yeah. He is from Sacramento, California, Jesuit High School. So he is American-born. Because that's something, too, where we talk about, you know, World Cup coming up, Major League Rugby. Are they trying to make money? Are they trying to grow the game? Are they trying to develop national talent? And when people bring in these foreign fly halves and scrum halves, it's not helping us out. There was an account. I need to find it on Twitter. They broke down the percentage of minutes in the MLR that was American mm. versus Canadian yeah. versus we talked uh, about that one Argentina one time, yeah. versus, and a breakdown of each position of like, like 
they even saw too i think like loose head prop was a position that very few americans played at a high level which i was just like well that's weird fascinating like yeah you think it'd be the opposite just because you know there's a lot of a lot of big athletic boys in the u.s so well that's what john cullen always said about iowa he's just like i don't get it iowa is known for offensive linemen yeah so he's like this is a gold mine for props type type five essentially yeah and so that's why he wanted to see high school 15s because it's like we've got the bodies Mm. we just need to train them into 15s and like they could compete at that high level yeah but they're so far behind that most of our guys they start learning how to prop or play Mm. type five when they're in college at a club because, yeah. I mean, if you imagine, too, like, some of the guys that go to, like, Iowa and Iowa State to play football for on the O-line, like, being as massive human beings as they are, like, mm-hmm. be perfect locks. Being just yeah. giant 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six dudes. But it's like, you're going to you're gonna have a lot more potential to make money in football. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, I played 15s high school with a gentleman named John Hoffman. Big, tall John Hoffman. Big, big tall John. He was six foot seven, like, 220. Didn't like football. He wrestled. But uh, he loved rugby so much and ended up actually going to the Marine Corps. But his last two years in the Marine Corps, he made the all-Marine team. Mm. So his job in the Marines for his last two years was to just travel and play rugby. Yeah, that's pretty cool. the Marines. Yeah. But same thing. It's like he was great and big and giant, but he was the only guy we had. So he could never play lock because nobody else could lock with him because he was too tall. Oh, yeah. So he just played loose. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's... We have so much girth out there. So many big boys. Even basketball players, I feel like there's a lot of guys that, you know, are tall and good, but not quite good enough to play D1. Grant you know, Steffen. Grant Steffen. Grant <laughs> Steffen. Third team all-conference. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll tell him to listen to this one. Uh, we need to get him on. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's alive. He'll be on my weekend, so. This year? Yeah. Grant he was not, a little bit. He wasn't at the banquet part. No, he came to the game, though. Did he? Yeah. Grant Stephan. Yeah. You sure? Same, you guys thinking of the same guy? Yeah. Well, what do you look like? Grant Stephan is. We're going to find out. <laughs> like, what? We're going to find out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I agree. Did he play in the game? No, I don't think so. No. He's retired. Not that I'm, like, trying to recruit for the Wombats, but... Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, uh, I think that draft will be fun. Oh, yeah. Gim, you want to come over and watch with us? We're going to watch it. Sure. Are we doing a fantasy draft right after that, too? Or what? No. We can get food and watch it. and Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Any, you know any good bars? Will they have sell, uh, like, wings and stuff like that? Alleys. You know. Alleys. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we could go do that, too. Hear good things. Huh? Yeah. No, so... Uh, that's really all I got. You know, I think next week I'd like to start diving into high school girls rugby, kind of looking at, I kind of want to look at last year's teams mm-hmm. compared to this year because we have three, as far as I know, new teams this year. Cedar Rapids Prairie, Mason City, City. is back, and then Iowa City. That's pretty cool. That is cool. That's huge growth to go from eight teams to 11, mm-hmm. I think, but I want to confirm that could just going off of memory that's kind of teetered because of covid and then i also want to look at the schedules for the men's d1 d2 d3 d4 leagues yeah so we can break down you know 
There's no Iowa teams in D1 anymore, so actually we'll probably just skip that. D2 has Des Moines and Palmer. Mm-hmm. And then D3 has a ton of teams, and D4 is River City. Yep. So I'd love to look at schedules, kind of break it down. Um, yeah. That sounds good to me. Good. Uh, Gimli, first episode with the B-Side Boys. What'd you think? Oh, I think it went great. Um, just to watch you guys in action. I mean, to be, be behind the scenes and see the Masters at work, I think... <laughs> It's definitely going to be a lot for me to, you know, have to learn, big learning curve, but I think uh, big shoes to fill, you know, but with you guys here, I know I'll be okay, and I'm happy to be here. Rate your performance. How'd you think you did? You know, maybe a 5.9 out of 10. I was a little timid, a little little, little nervous. Don't be nervous. There was some, I was... uh, We've known each other for 15 years. I know. I was herding some cats, you know, bouncing some cats <laughs> out of here. Cat wrangling. Cat wrangling. <laughs> a couple cats go, going for those wires. Got to get them. Okay, that was crazy. During the Mark Blanc thing, I wonder if we're going to hear in that interview. Like, you could literally, Dolores just, that's the one thing about being in here and not in the garage. She jumped into all the wires and unplugged everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's a good kitty, though. That's a good kitty. Is she? That's not our cat. Then she jumped on your shoulders, and her claws, they hurt. They don't feel good. They don't feel good. No. So, you know what, Phil? I'm going to say Gimli passed the audition. Oh, wow. I'd say so. Really? Thanks, and I'd guys. say if you want, we're going to do it again next Sunday. Okay. We're going to invite you back. Uh, I'm going to retire. Thanks, though. I appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be back. Hey, who are you? I'll be back. Who are you, Monty, Monty Potabom? Did you see that news? No. So, fullback from Iowa, right? Yeah, a while ago. He right? well, no, last he's, year. Last year, so he's a rookie this year with yeah. Pittsburgh. He retired today. Oh man, he practiced for what a couple days and then he retired. Don't know the story. Don't know why. Don't know if it was an injury thing or a health thing or something. But mm. Twitter kind of freaked out because they're like, "Whoa!" He played fullback. Yeah. yeah, he was the only fullback on Pittsburgh's roster. Really? So now they have zero fullbacks. I thought they drafted Hayward's brother. Who's also named Hayward? You know, Cameron Hayward? Yeah. Defense <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Uh, I mean, the league doesn't really use fullbacks hardly ever, so it's like, yeah. throw, a tight end, throw a tight end in there. I mean, a lot of teams do. Exactly. The old H-back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I what don't are know. they, the 49ers, you know? Yeah. Well, they have a great run game, you know? Who? 49ers. They do. Do you see Iowa's new fullback is six foot five, wears number 88, and his name is Hayden Large. <laughs> like, kind of awesome because, like, Classic. Hayden Fry. And then also yeah. he's a very large human. But to see someone at 6'5", wearing number 88, to line up in the I formation is going to be kind of awesome. So, yeah, like it. Great pass blocker, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're getting sidetracked on football. <laughs> no, well, and, and football season's coming up because rugby season's coming up. So, no, that all sounds good to me. Um, Gimli, I, I think... I mean, we'll just say it on air. Like, we need to redo the intro for next week. You're a boy. Okay. You want to be our third man? Sure. Would <laughs> well, you like to be my son? <laughs> I'd love to be your son. <laughs> it's Thanks. like that episode Pop-pop. of It's Always Sunny. Let's get our clover <laughs> rings out. <laughs> I was thinking more of the daddy and his boy. Oh. <laughs> you are my son. I did write Chase Utley a letter once. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think you'd be impressed with my speed. <laughs> Okay, uh, so we're going to do this. There's stickers. But oh, there's stickers. Just remember, my kids are sleeping, okay? Okay. 
So how you feeling? Okay. Good you. 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 Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs. you gone.